What's going on everybody? Chad Joyner here and here's what we're going to talk about today. Again, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Now, you can either choose to stay down succumbing to circumstances or you can stand again in success. But you've got to make that choice. So, we're talking about overcoming adversity today for the second time and we're going to continue to drill down into some practical handles that I think can help us overcome adversity. So preacher think, let's get ready and let's talk about it. In today's cruel culture and wounded world, you deserve some good news. And Jesus has taken the punishment for every single person that's in this room. He put the curse in reverse. And just like Adam turned a garden into a grave, Jesus turned a grave into so a garden. So now it's just grace upon grace upon grace and favor upon favor upon favor. But we're still here. And we're still standing. And we got Jesus, so we've got the victory. Empowering grace. So we've got to know that we've got the overcomer living in us. Number two, we have got to refuse to react negatively to adverse conditions. When you begin to look at uh, the Bible, you know, a reaction or, or you just look at the definition of the word reaction, a reaction to something or someone outside of you is a similar action directed back towards that thing or that person uh, via the feeling that they prompted in you. Um, we've all heard this expression before. Uh, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So every, and, and here's the thing. And so every action that's been done to us when, when we've been opposed, more often than not, when we react rather than respond, we give back an equal reaction or, or from us, the opposed person, back to the person that first opposed us. They acted mean, so we act mean. They acted rough, so we act rough. They were they gave us a raw deal, so we give them a raw deal. So we can and, and here's the thing. That's the difference between uh, in us responding and reacting when we when we react, that's what we do. But when we respond it's much different. We can spend so much time reacting to negative adversity in hate rather than responding from the spirit that lives in us in love that we can begin to believe that the negative adversity towards us is really what's true about us. And more, and we will begin to believe that that negative adversity towards us, when it begins painting a picture on our minds that that is really who we are, that we are lowly and wretched, wretched and, and poor and pitiful and naked and blind, we will begin to believe in that more than the truth of God's word that says that we are not wretched, but we are righteous. That we are not naked, but we are clothed in robes of righteousness. That we are not poor. That we have been, that he became poor so that we would be made rich. That we are not pitiful, but that we are strong in the Lord. That we are not blind because I once was blind, but now I see by the light of Jesus Christ that lives in me. Me. 
We will begin to pour into negative adversity, believing that it is the truth about us more than the truth of God's word. If we don't let the word of God wash over our minds, the truth of the gospel wash over our minds, the truth of grace to wash over our minds, to have our minds renewed. We have got to refuse to react negatively to adverse conditions and rather not react, but respond positively with the spirit of God, which is love on the inside of us towards that thing or that person that's adversely coming at us. That is another way in which we resist the devil, that he would flee, that when he comes at us with his accusations and his hate, we begin operating in love regardless of what he throws at us. We begin nullifying what he tries to throw at us and really accepting our acceptance in Christ Jesus and operating from that place and that position. So not only do we need to know that the overcomer lives in us, not only do we need to refuse to react negatively to adverse conditions, but number three, we also need to respond to adversity by hearing the gospel. I don't know if I can express this one enough because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, hearing the gospel over and over and over again. And I, even as a teacher, have heard, I've heard it before when we become so accustomed to the truth of the gospel, when we become so accustomed to the truths of grace and we allow it to wash over us. We, 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 I, I've heard it roll off the tongue of people that basically familiarity breeds contempt. And people will begin to say, man, I understand that the gospel is good and Jesus is good and grace is the way. But it seems like that's what I hear over from, you know, from grace teachers and preachers. That's what I hear from you guys over and over and over again. It sounds like the same old thing, but you can never get enough about hearing about God's love, about his grace, about joy, about peace, about operating in patience in goodness, in kindness, in all of the fruit of the spirit. We can never overestimate talking about grace. We can never talk about the true gospel enough. The truth that you have been loved, that you are completely forgiven, that you have been completely freed, that you have been completely and utterly affirmed, that you have the life of Christ on the inside of you, and that you have been identified with Christ Jesus as a son or daughter of God. We can never overestimate the classic three-point message of salvation that God in the great exchange through his son Jesus hung on a cross and died for us and as us was buried. And when he was buried, buried the old us with him. And when he was raised to newness of life, we were raised to newness of life. As Galatians 2.20 says, it is no longer I who lives, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the son of God. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verses three through five says that we fight this fight to respond to adversity by hearing the gospel. We fight with spiritual weapons of faith and grace 
tearing down strongholds and anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We don't go out and fight against adversity by throwing hands. We don't go out and fight against adversity by beating up on people who oppose us. We don't go out and fight by going out and slandering people with our tongue, again, that oppose us, but we fight with spiritual weapons of faith and grace and truth and kingdom and the gospel, again, tearing down strongholds and anything that sets itself up against the knowledge. Remember I said earlier, it's not about feeling, it's about knowing, against the knowledge of God. Not what we feel about God, but the knowledge of God. And John 14, 17 says, in order to do this, we listen to the Holy Spirit within us that leads us into all truth. Hearing is continual when it comes to the gospel. And not only is it continual, it's, it needs to become contagious because hearing brings health. Hearing uh, the gospel brings healing. Hearing the gospel over and over and over again not only builds faith, but it builds long faith. It builds persistent faith. It builds consistent faith. It builds stamina in our faith. It builds this faith within us that can never be shaken because we've got a God in us. Jesus via the Holy Spirit is unshakable and unbreakable. And the Bible says that we have an undying love for God. And the only reason that we have this undying love is because he first loved us and deposited within us this faith gift, which is a gift. It's a grace gift. Faith gives us our ability to not only believe that there is a God, but believe that Jesus is the God of the entire universe. So it builds again, long faith, persistent faith, consistent faith, where we just keep showing up. Again, come hell or high water, no matter what happens, we just keep trusting. We just keep believing. We just keep uh, in, in dependency on Christ. No matter what tries to shake our faith tree, the only thing that continues to fall out of that tree is trust and dependence on Christ Jesus. So not only do we need to know that we've got the overcomer on the inside of us, we also need to refuse to react negatively to adverse conditions. We need to respond to adversity with hearing the gospel over and over and over again. But number four, we need to begin to develop some gospel-centered relationship currency. And here's what I mean by currency. Most of the time when we hear that word currency, we think about money, coins or dollar bills or these days, Bitcoin, things like that. But when I'm talking about developing gospel-centered um, relationship currency, the greatest gift, I believe, that God has given us in the earth is relationships between like-minded people. We are God's plan A. People are. We are people of his own possession, 
and we are his prize. We were created in God's image and his likeness. So it would behoove us to have the greatest currency in life, not be money or be coins, but be the relationships that we have with like-minded people, with believers, with individuals who can help build uh, uh, or, or help us build in the experience of our faith and mature in our faith. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, uh, we, we begin to, to see or we do see Jesus' once for all time sacrifice, which helps us hold on to hope in him. And it talks about inspiring one another to acts of love and good works. So that must mean that we must be in relationship with other believers, meeting with them and encouraging one another. It is important for us to not forsake the gathering of the saints. And when I say that, I don't want that to be misconstrued because so many times we think the gathering of the saints is only in a Sunday morning worship experience or at a Wednesday night Bible study or maybe a Tuesday night small group. But no, not forsaking the gathering of the saints means gathering with believers who can help you learn and grow whether you're in a church building, a Bible study, a barber shop, a beauty shop, shop a coffee shop, a beauty salon, at the mall, over lunch, over dinner, in your home, in someone else's home, all throughout the community, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, thinking about ways in which I can be in relationship with like-minded believers here in the earth so that we can not only meet with one another, but encourage one another. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about we encourage each other to operate in our spiritual gifts as we are one body with many parts and every joint supplies. Every joint in the body of Christ is a believer. So literally that scripture is saying not only every joint supplies, really every believer supplies something in the kingdom. Every believer has something to offer to other believers, to their community, to their neighborhood, to the world, to this universe that God created, that he has called us to subdue, that he has called us to, again, operate in dominion power over and, and, and to walk alongside of people, not pointing a finger at them saying what they should or should not do but actually throwing an arm around them and saying, me too. I was once where you are, but as we meet, as we gather, as we get the opportunity to get to know each other better, I would love to take the opportunity to pour into you and you pour into me and we get to learn and grow together. You need some people in your life to do a couple of different things. These like-minded believers I'm talking about. You need people to check you. You need people to challenge you. You need people to cheer you and you need people that can help change you. You need connection with other believers. You need to gather with other believers. You need to study with other believers and you need to be, again, people to check you, challenge you, cheer you, 
and change you. You need somebody that can, you know, watch your blind spots and pick up on the things that because, you know, you and I, we get so individually tunnel visioned sometimes. We can't see some of the distractions and the things that are trying to close in on us and that are trying to take us out. You need someone to check you and to be checking those blind spots for you at times. Someone who really loves you. Someone who has your best interest at heart. Someone who has your best interest in mind. Someone that you can trust. A trusted friend. A trusted partner. A trusted believer. A trusted brother or sister in Christ. Someone that you have given permission to speak into your life and say, hey, bro. Hey, sis. I, I know where you're going. I see where you're trying to walk, but there's this thing I think that maybe you've not noticed out here that, you know, it's not a red flag yet, but it's kind of putting up a yellow flag. And, and I just want to talk to you about it, not to call you out, but to call you up to the excellence in which I know you desire to live in. You need people to challenge you. You need people who know the type of personality that you are. You need to, the people to know what type of meter you run at. You need people uh, that know you well enough to know that, hey, they can look at you and say, man, I can tell you're running at about 75% right now. Let, let's, let's kick it up a notch and get back to 120%. Let's really operate at the level of excellence, not perfection, but the level of excellence that I know you desire to operate at and that I know God has placed on the inside of you. Because I don't, I don't know what it is that's, that, that's come at you. I don't know what it is that's got you uh, uh, sitting in a place of complacency where you're just kind of running on autopilot at 75%. But I want to challenge you. I want to I stretch you. I, I, I want to I throw some things at you that, that say, hey, let's, let's rise above where we are right now. Let's rise to this, to the occasion where the cream really shows at the top, the 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 excellence of Christ Jesus is showing at one hundred percent. You need some people to cheer you, not only just check you, not just challenge you, not just push you, but you need some cheerleaders in your life. You need some people that are genuinely happy about where you are, even while you're facing adversity. You need some people who will get down on the floor with you in the middle of that adversity and say, you're down, but you're not out. You might have been knocked down, but you have not been utterly knocked out. You have not been plucked out of the hand of Jesus. I'm here with you. I'm cheering you on. I, I want you to know that I love you, that God loves you, that I accept you, that God accepts you. And that whatever you need, I'm here to help you. And as you rise back to your feet, you need that person in your life that's clapping their hands. You need that person in your life that's saying, come on, you can do it. You need that person in your life that is to the utmost, the most inspirational, motivational person in your life. I don't know, maybe that may, that may be your spouse, that may be a sibling. It may be your pastor. It may be a ministry leader. It may just be somebody in your neighborhood, in your community. It may be a coworker. But you need somebody who can cheer you on, especially when you're facing adversity. You need people in your life that can help change you. 
People who can check you, challenge you, cheer you. But genuinely those people in your life that you can look at and say, if it had not been for what that person said that I know came from the sincere heart and word of God, my life may have been derailed. I may have still been in the ditch, but I know that God sent a man, God sent a woman in that person to help change the very course of my life. Again, we need connection to these type of people, these type of believers in our lives. We need to gather with them. We need to study with them so that we can be checked. We can be challenged. We can be cheered and we can be changed all in the midst of the adversity that's coming at us. And last but not least, not only do we need to know that we have the overcomer living on the inside of us. We've got to know and we've got to refuse to react negatively to adverse conditions. We need to respond to adversity with hearing the gospel, develop gospel-centered relationship currency, develop these relationships centered in grace, centered around true believers. But most of all, maybe we need to know this. Number five, we need to operate in the overcomer's spirit. What is the overcomers of overcomer spirit? Romans 8, 15 says that life in the spirit says that we are the children of God. We're not just mere servants. We're sons, not slaves. We need to think like the overcomer that's in us. We need to move like the overcomer that's in us. When we feel the spirit of victimhood coming on us, we need to move in the spirit of a victor, in victory, a winner. When we feel the spirit of lack, we need to move in prosperity. When we feel the spirit of, of adversity and intimidation coming at us, we need to move in confidence. When we feel the spirit of fear coming at us, we need to move in power. When we feel the spirit of hate coming at us and trying to come on us, we need to move in love. When we feel the spirit of chaos coming at us, we need to move in the sound mind of Christ that we have been giving. given. When we do that, we are operating in an overcomer's spirit. And at the end of the day, listen to me here, y'all. At the end of the day, if all of those practical things that I just gave you fail, if you can't drill down into any of those things, at the end of the day, please just remember this. There's grace for that. <laughs> so what if I don't know the overcomer within me? So what? There's grace for that. What if I don't refuse to react negatively to adverse conditions and I just fly off the handle all the time? So what? There's grace for that. What if I don't respond to adversity with hearing the gospel in a given moment and I give in to hearing the lies? So what? There's grace for that. What if I don't ever develop any gospel-centered relationships or gospel-centered uh, relationship currency with people? So what? You know what? There's grace for that. What if I never choose to operate in the overcomer spirit and I continue to operate by the flesh even as a saved person? You know what? There's grace for that as well. 
And that grace will continue to overwhelm you. That grace will continue to wash over you. That grace will not run away from you. Grace will never leave you. Grace will never forsake you. Grace will never turn its back on you. Grace will just keep pursuing you until you come to the realization that you can change, that you can overcome adversity, that you don't have to continue to stay down and wallow in failure and defeat, but that you can stand, you can rise, you can bow your shoulders back and you can look at everyone with eyes of success because you finally come to the realization that you can overcome any adversity because grace was there. It's never left you. It's never forsaken you. It's never turned its back on you because grace is not just a principle. Grace is not just another entity of the Bible or of the faith. Grace is a person and his name is Jesus. Well, we're about to run out of time. We hope you have enjoyed the show today. We hope that you'll connect with us. And we hope that you will continue to live out your life at the pace of grace. You guys be blessed. Want to share the good news? You can support Preacher Thing by sharing it with everyone using the share button. You can stay connected to Preacher Thing via Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and various podcast streaming platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about what the gospel has done for you, message us or leave them in the comment section. You can also email us at PreacherThink at gmo.com. Thanks for tuning in.